Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Today is the 2nd of June, 2022. And on today's show, guys, I went on the Late Night Reds podcast last night with those guys. So you all will hear their production, their stuff to start off the show, um, some of their stuff, some of their intros and whatnot. But we talked about the National, talked about the Reds, how both team where they are, the art of a rebuild, and a whole lot more fun stuff as well. So a 50-minute conversation, fun one. Hope you all enjoy. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday night, and welcome to another installment of Late Night Reds Talk Live, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and it's brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online can be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA Finals, Major League Baseball fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started. Head to the website to use your mobile device to sign up, and we use our, our promo code Believe. That's B L E A V to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. We are. We don't do this very often where we do the show during the game. Um, I know the Reds are still in Boston tonight and they are playing currently. Uh, as we saw that Nick Kirby, our co-host, is at Fenway Park and getting TV shout outs while Carlos and I are not at Fenway Park. <laughs> but still excited to do this. One of our first times we've really ever done this is a dual cast we're doing uh, for this upcoming weekend series with the Washington Nationals. So we brought on the host of Locked On Nats, Mr. Josh Neighbors, who's going to be, we're going to ask him some Nationals questions. He's going to ask us some Reds questions. It's going to be a lot of fun. Josh, how you doing, man? I'm well. It's a pleasure to talk about two of the best teams in the league, right, guys? These these two uh, absolute titans of the National yeah. League right now, the Nationals and the Reds. Yeah. Uh, just before we kind of get into anything, we just got to make sure, do you have any source of knowledge of if anyone – um, from the Nationals is in Tommy Pham's fantasy base fantasy football league. No, I don't think anybody from this team isn't. In, I hope they were not in Tommy Pham's fantasy baseball league. <laughs> I actually also don't think they have anybody who's like old enough on the team to like have played against Tommy Pham at some point before this season. It's a pretty pretty young group besides Soto, maybe Josh Bell. I hope they have too many guys who are old enough to be involved in the Tommy Pham, Jock Peterson fantasy football league. Yeah. What a fascinating league. Like, I have so many questions. Like, it comes out that, I guess, Trout's the GM. I'm like, okay, so when do they draft? Do they get together to draft? I think Mo Egger from ESPN also, like, talked about this fairly recently. He's like, who? how do they put this together? Like, There's no that, way they get together to draft, though. I mean, after what we yeah. saw to that. Is know, it like a like, text message draft? Like, well, Because because Jock, apparently Jock and Tommy Pham just don't know each other that well, which was evidenced, obviously, by the argument. So, like, there's no way they're getting together to do this, right? I, I would not think so. It would be pretty fascinating. Carlos, you play in the big leagues. I'm sure, like, your friends on other teams is not very easy to, like, get things together with. No, they did it just to, online. I'm sure they just used the regular ESP and happened did it online. I mean, maybe something like this on a Zoom or something. I don't know. But, no, yeah, there's no way. Everybody's too old to get together and, and get away all at <laughs> one time. Yeah, especially with kids and families and all that fun stuff while playing professional sports. I'm sure it's pretty difficult. Um, so Josh, we'll bring you in here with obviously, um, a four game set this weekend between the Reds and the Nationals, um, kind of looking ahead, obviously both teams in last place in their division, the Reds 13 and a half out of the first from Milwaukee and the Nationals 17 and a half, uh, 17 out from the Mets, which the Mets have just been unbelievable. It's ridiculous. Um, 
But like you said, it's two teams that are kind of heading in the quote-unquote rebuild direction. So when you kind of look at, from the outside looking in for someone who doesn't watch a lot of Nationals games, you know, besides the obvious Juan Soto, who is more proof more and more that batting average and RBIs don't mean anything, uh, what is the kind of takeaway from the Nationals for that people who aren't watching this team really should look for? Oh, you meet him, Josh. My fault. Uh, you're lucky, uh, is what I would say, is number one on this. Um, <laughs> guys, they're they're a tough like the term tough hang is what I would use. I mean, I was I was actually at dinner tonight with one of my friends who is you know probably the biggest Nationals fan I know, and he's like, I can't believe you watch every single game. Um, and I mean, I, I do a combination of watching and and listening on the radio, but um, I mean, they're so bad. Like they're so un- I don't really know. Like it's it's in. So, uh, Blake Fenny, who works for Federal Baseball, the SB Nation blog, was putting together a reel tonight that was the just like Lowell Nats, basically. And it was a combination of horrific base running blunders, um, awful fielding, rundowns, catcher's interference. Uh, we had a catcher's interference at third base at one point this season. The Nationals <laughs> had K. Ruiz interfere with a runner trying to get back to third. And so, I mean, I guess it's still technically catcher's interference at that point in time because because he, he's still a catcher. But this is a team, guys, that at one point this season, uh, they had two separate plays in the M and the uh, Sports Center, not top ten in the same week. Like that's how bad it was. That's it's tough to do. And so the Nationals, that's kind of their season in a nutshell. They've been injured. Sure, the pitching has been has been pretty injury prone. Joe Ross, it just we just learned yesterday is going to be uh, getting Tommy John surgery and he's not going to come back this year. They're trying to get Steven Strasburg back right now. They really didn't invest too much in the, in the pitching. A guy named Evan Lee came up from double A today to make a start against the Mets. Um, so that's kind of the way it's kind of by the seat of their pants. They're doing this thing. And that's what's made the one Soto trade buzz happen. I'm sure you all have heard about this stuff. There's really no buzz actually from inside the Nets. It's all external. But it's just been ratcheted up because they're so horrific to watch. Well, I was going to say, one of the things I really wanted to talk about, because I obviously, yes, everyone who follows baseball has heard about the Juan Soto trade buzz. But, like, we went through this for years with Joey Votto, where, like, the Reds weren't playing very well, but he was still playing, you know, having tremendous seasons. And it was a lot of, like, well, you know, they have to move him. It's the only way they're going to survive and all this bull crap. So, um yeah, so like in Soto, like reminds me a lot at the at the plate of like a young Joey, as far as like their technique, their approaches, and stuff like that. So Soto's like my favorite non-red in baseball, honestly. So yeah, he's uh, he's a pleasure to watch. He really is yeah. a pleasure to watch. But yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. And also, this team is about to be sold as well. So I have a tough time believing that you can sell this team without either a having Soto wrapped up or B giving the next ownership group a chance to get him signed long-term. I know Scott Boris is known for taking his clients, you know, all the way to free agency, but I mean, I think the chance to sign Juan Soto is attractive when you sell the team and you have to make sure that's at least part of the package that you can offer when you do sell the team. Yeah. Uh, You mentioned Steven Strasburg. Um, I know he just had a rehab start recently. Um, what is the latest on his potential arrival to the team this season? Yeah, so he's he's um, when he is not pitching. So he was pitching with the Fred Nats, which is a single A. 
Um, and I think they like that, especially because it allows him to be with the team. Uh, Fredericksburg's not too that not that far from DC, so it kind of allows him to get that midweek work in with the Nationals. And this is not anything that you know I've been told, but I would assume that hey, it's nice right now. We'll see what the next course is. Um, you know, it's, it's it's you know on one hand you're like hey, it's single A, right? Can we really send him all the way up to the, the big leagues after a couple of nice starts? On the other hand, this guy was the World Series MVP in 2019, right? right. So, um, yeah. you know, are we – like, I think it's more about we hit the numbers, right? We're hitting the pitch numbers. We're getting the innings up uh, as opposed to, like, is he getting double-A guys out? Can he get triple-A guys out? We're trying to hit those numbers right now. So I would say – I mean, he's on track for some point in June. It sounds like Evan Lee is going to make another start for the Nationals. So I would say and that that'd be in um, probably the uh, fifth or sixth of this of this month. So I would say, um, you know, after the tenth, I mean, if things are going well, like it it should be happening probably in the next couple weeks after the tenth. So I think I think sometime in June we're going to see Steven Strasburg back on a hill if if, if all things go well uh, on the rehab side. Nice. Yeah, because look at now. Um... The Thursday pitching matchup, Nick normally has all this stuff up for us, but he's not here. Uh, looks like it's going to be um, Jonah Don versus uh, Graham Ashcraft for the Reds, which he's pitched pretty well. Um, Friday, the Reds day have the debut of Mike Miner for the season against Josiah Gray. Uh, Saturday, it is going to be um, Eric Fetty pitching against Tyler Malley. And Sunday is Luis Castillo against Patrick Corbin. And holy crap, I remember when Patrick Corbin was awesome. I saw his numbers and went, what in the world happened? He has been atrocious this year, guys. I mean, it, it's been really, really difficult to watch. And look, this is just, this is not just a this year problem for Corbin. I mean, ever since 2019, he has been really bad. And I, I will say this, for a, the one thing he does provide, he is out there every five days. Now, the outcome is usually awful every five days but he is out there every five days he got his first win of the year in his last start look it's not always you know it's always the guy's fault he's actually pitched in some pretty uh some pretty close games um this year but yeah i mean it, it look for him this season they really needed to get him back on track and you're trying to think like what can they do but i just think he's a guy who's fallen behind in counts and he, you know he's got almost seven era which is like kind of feels like it's actually a little bit better right now than what it's been. It's been like eight or nine. Um, and so, yeah, it's just been a guy who's been, you know, he's really been struggling 11 starts, 54 innings only. So, you know, that kind of shows you how he's going to each start, not really going that deep into ball games. And that taxes your, I'm sure you guys know as well. You don't get deep starts to tax your bullpen. If you're a bad team, you're going to have a bunch of guys who it's like, He's showing me encouraging stuff, but he's pitching every other day because the starters can't go very far. And so it's not really a natural progression for those guys in the bullpen either. And you need more out of a guy who's making 20 plus million and is scheduled to make 30 plus million here in a couple of years. So that's kind of where they are. But, you know, he's out there every five days, I guess, is the nice thing. Nice way to say it. <laughs> How many more years is he under contract? Two. Uh, I believe it is 25 next year. And oh, then man. I believe it is going to be, um, let me, I'm double checking this 30 something uh, million the following season. Um, so they're on the hook for that. It was a six year, 140 when they signed it. 
And yeah, so 24 million in 2023, $35 million in the year 2024 for Patrick Corbin, who has not had a good season um, since the 2019 year, to be honest. Yikes. Um, so obviously, you know, the fact that everything's been terrible, but you know, the nationals did win a world series, not, you know, just a few years back. So I, I talked about this last week. I feel like, uh, the last time we had a, a Cubs guy on, uh, a good pal, Joey Ricotta, shout out Joey. I said, like, if your team's won the world series in the last 10 years, like you'll take any crappy situation, obviously. Yeah, I. So I get that. I I think, I think that we were all kind of led to believe there would be a bit more of a window, right? Like think about so think about who the Nationals beat, right? You ended up beating the um, the Houston Astros, who have done an awesome job. I love them or hate them. We all have to admit the Astros have done a fantastic job of like window maintenance, right? Like what team has done a better job of bringing in interchangeable, not interchangeable parts, really important parts, you know? Um, they have no Correa now, they have no Springer now, but look, that, that lineup is still, you know, awesome. And they brought in new guys, you know, you get a Jeremy Pena who comes up and you have the emergence of a guy like Jordan Alvarez, uh, and Yuli Gurriel, all these guys who are young and kind of get better. And they've done a really good job with that. I think the nationals, while that team was pretty old, you'd expect when you have a three like Corbin Strasburg and Scherzer, you have guys like Adam Eaton, uh, you know, obviously, you know, not on the team anymore. You have guys, um, you know, like Juan Soto. Now, obviously, you had to let Anthony Rendon go. But, like, you think that with, you know, Victor Robles will emerge. And you think that Juan Soto is awesome, so it'll keep getting better. And, you know, they found a couple other pieces along the way. Like, you think those things will hold up. And really, it just hasn't. And they had to make those subsequent moves to trade off really a lot of those remaining pieces. Um, so... I think there's been a lot of fan, you know, acknowledging you want a title, it's great. But I think the Nationals' window for title contention almost came before their first title, right? They, they won the division a whole lot from 12 to 19. Yeah. Um, I think the problem is it's like the window ended right when they won a title. It usually doesn't work that way, right? Usually you win a title and then like three years later, you're like, it's over for us. Now, they won the title, didn't even get to celebrate it at home, right? I mean, you know, the 2020 season was shortened, and the first game of the year was Yankees-Nationals at Nats Park. There's nobody there to watch the game. So I do think in some ways, you know, rightfully so, they feel like something kind of was taken away from them, not being able to enjoy the window enough. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, it's still so crazy that they did win, and it was fun. Like, I really enjoyed the series. Um Plus, like, you know, everything kind of went to hell with the Astros at that time because all right. the stories started coming out. So that was something. Um, other than Juan Soto and guys like that, who are some guys that, like, maybe Reds fans should keep an eye on this weekend of, like, maybe, like, oh, this is probably – I mean, we know about Josh Bell, obviously. Let's see your old friend Josh Bell. <laughs> yeah. But, like, is there anyone else maybe, like, it's like, oh, this guy's probably going to be a tough out for, you know, for, this, for, the start, for the starting group this week? Yeah, so K-Bear Ruiz, their catcher, he was involved in that in trade. baseball. Yes. So he was involved and I'm sure you've been really pleased the way he's played. Yes. Yes, I have. Yeah. He's been awesome. So um, he was the one who was involved in the catcher's interference at third. Um, But I I will say like, there is a big reason why catcher is such a premium position, right? Um, You know, it's being drafted a lot higher. Now there are so few guys 
who can both hit, play good defense, and run a staff, right? That's a really challenging thing to do. I mean, you you are tasked with so much. He is one of those guys who appears to be the the real deal Holyfield. I mean, he seems to have all of those intangibles there. So he'll be behind the plate for five, uh, you know, probably three of the four games um, that we'd expect. So watch him behind the plate, player to watch. Um, Victor Robles is, you know, constantly in trade stuff. He's in center field for the Nationals. It's always one second. You're like, wow. You know, he, he did a game where he drove in six runs the other day. And then he'll misplay a ball in the outfield and, and you know, go over over three and have three Ks. Um, so that there's, there's you know, somebody, Victor Robles, people, name people are familiar with. Um, Josiah Gray will throw against the uh, against the Reds, forgetting which game it's going to be. Um, but that's a guy that they also got in the um, in that trade for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. This is a guy that really is he's got good stuff, but he's just so feast or famine. And honestly, like it's a really good learning experience because he's been he's been rolled up by a couple lineups have really gotten to him. Um, and so it'll be curious to see how he handles the Reds. But, you know, um, when he tries to be too fine, he walks too many guys. When he, you know, tries to be aggressive, he gives up home runs, but he's still got nasty stuff. And so that'll be interesting to see how he pitches. So you have three guys who are non-Juan Soto to watch right now who are younger-ish. Victor Robles, because we're trying to figure out, can this guy be an everyday center fielder for a major league team, uh, you know, the Nationals? Um, uh, I mentioned also Josiah Gray. And also k Ruiz is probably the best-performing young guy they have who is not one Soto. Yeah, I think it's like for both teams, I think that's kind of like one of the big pluses is Kevin Ruiz and Tyler Stevenson kind of being these young right. up-and-coming catchers who are really kind of developing before our eyes. It's pretty fun. I'm with you on that. Can I? Oh, go ahead. Go. Sorry, Carlos. No, just, I was going to ask about the bullpen. How's the bullpen look for the Nationals? Tax. Yeah. Tax. They're, they have to pitch a lot, man. I mean, because the thing is, so you want to know, we're going to see him the Thursday game. You know, with, with him, he's a guy who's not getting that deep into ball games, and he's 23, 23, 24 years old. And so he's getting his really, you know, first big time taste of Major League Baseball. And, um, you know, he's not a guy who's going really deep into ball games. And then you bring up this guy, you know, Evan Lee, who's not, he's, you know, just pitched his first game today. It's obviously a guy you don't think is going to go very deep into ball games, right? Patrick Corbin is not making it super deep into ball games. Josiah Gray, they're trying to protect a little bit because he's so young. And so when they've left him out there a little bit extra sometimes, um, it's not going great. And then Eric Fetty, who can like give you five innings, is he's fine, but he's actually a guy who he's had a really good month. Besides, he had an awful game against the Mets last night uh, on Tuesday night. It's the Mets. Yeah, but I mean the Mets have had his number his whole career. But but the previous starts before that, his ERA was under two for the month, and he had made five starts. So in his sixth start of the month, you know you know not, not many guys hit that number usually around five or six, but in five starts of the month, he had a sub two ERA. So he's actually the guy that I think right now the Nationals have the most confidence in going very deep, but he didn't even make out of the second inning the other night. So the guys in the bullpen that really I'm looking at, um, Carl Edwards Jr., fellas. I, you guys are all familiar oh, yeah, with him, obviously. Really? So he comes up, first game against the Mets, three runs in an inning, all right? Since then, in 12 subsequent innings, he's surrendered, I believe, two hits – and has not allowed a single earned run. The ERA is going is, uh, right now is uh, it's at two point zero eight. So Carl Edwards Jr., ultimate fire stopper. He's been very good. Um, Hopefully, we get to see a lot of right-handed relievers. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, 
you're going to see uh, Victor Arano. Um, we had last year Wander Suero, who, I mean, Dave Martinez loved to put him in base. It felt like he pitched every single game. That is Victor Arano. You'll see him. You'll see Kyle Finnegan. He's had a decent year. Tanner Rainey's been the closer for them. Actually has done pretty well this year. Had a really awful year last year. Has bounced back in a pretty big way. You'll see. You'll see some Steve Ciszek. He's been. He's been fine. But the best performing guys. It's crazy to say. Carl Edward Jr. was in Triple A earlier this year, but he is the Nats' hottest reliever right now. And he's. I mean, you know. You know. We usually have one bridge guy. The Nats have two because because their pitches don't make it that far in the game. Uh, Carl Edwards Jr. and Victor Arana, the two bridge guys you're going to see, and they actually have been pretty good this year. Nice. Can I ask you all Reds questions? When, when, yeah, I, yeah, come on. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So for my Nationals audience, uh, the who are the guys to watch? Um, for Well, first of all, first of all, 3-20 and 20 start, right? 3-22. 3-22 start. And now they are what? They're 17 and 31? Yeah, they played really well. Uh, they had a winning May, which was very surprising. So, like, this is this is ostensibly a team at, you know, bottom of the league, but, like, they're not playing like a bottom of the league team, right? No. no. Um, you know, I think we, you know, we talked about it all week. Like, they also had, like, literally, and you'd name it, besides, like, they've had someone who missed time. Um, Joey Votto was out for a while. Tyler Stevenson was out for a bit. Jonathan India is still out. Nick Senzel was out. Uh, Mike Moustakas had a, a little bit of an injury stretch, which, weirdly enough, he's actually had a pretty decent year. Um, Jake Fraley's been out. And then, you know, Mike Miner, who they traded Amir Garrett for, is just now making his first start of the season on Friday. So, you know, they were definitely injury riddled. Uh, but as they're getting guys back and getting healthier, and Joey Votto's kind of finding a swing again, it's certainly looking like they're certainly playing better baseball. Yeah, this is more like the team that, we all thought that we were going to get, you know, kind of around a 500 team, maybe a little bit over, maybe a little bit under. Most people thought under, but um, yeah, I mean, you got the the young pitching throwing well here and there, you know, I mean, couldn't be tonight's game. Couldn't be more of a, you know, symbolism of the way that Hunter Green's pitch, you know, his first three innings struck out eight guys and then fourth inning, or was yeah. it the fifth inning he didn't get out of? It was the fourth, I mean, yeah. It was the fourth, yeah. Like, it was just complete. So you get, you know, the hot, the cold um, with the young pitching staff, the bullpen. They, they pitched really well whenever they haven't been challenged. Um, you know, but whenever they're, you know, in a close ball game, it's 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 been been a little rough. Had some good defensive plays behind them. Um, and then offensively, it's just about getting people healthy and, you know, like Tim mentioned earlier, Joey's starting to swing it a whole lot better now. Uh, Senzel's back to playing. Tyler Stevenson's been an all-star all year behind the plate. Um, Moose has been hitting here and there. So Aquino's hit somewhat decent since he got put back on the major league roster. What's mm-hmm. it? I was wondering what it's been like, though, having the biggest story around the club being fantasy football for the last, like, what is it now, <laughs> a week and a half? I mean, it's, it's bizarre, but it's become this really – like, I th- so I find Jock Peterson hilarious. Um, to me, it sounds like Jock Peterson, like, obviously was, you know, maybe not the most self-aware guy in the world, but I think that's what led to this. I, I also believe it's a case of maybe, t- I think, well, no, I don't think. It feels like Tommy Pham takes himself a bit too seriously. <laughs> um, just, Carlos is just, a favorite player. 
Yeah, yes, which is good. You and you want that. I, 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 you know, I think for a young team like this too, you probably want that as well. But just give me your all's reaction on. on the, is he not your favorite player? No, absolutely not. I'm not a fan of Tommy Pham. Can you explain? I why? mean, trouble finds him everywhere he goes. I mean, everywhere. He he wasn't well liked in St. Louis, in in San Diego. He gets in an altercation outside of his trip club, gets stabbed. I mean, thankfully he made it out alive. <laughs> here early in the season, he makes stupid comments about how he's here to get his numbers and his numbers only. It's all he cares about. And that's not paraphrasing. That's literally what he said. And then uh, Tyler Stevenson gets, you know, semi run over in San Diego by Luke Voigt. And then he challenges him to fight him at his Muay Thai. I can't even say it, Muay Thai gym. Like, what are you, what are you talking about, dude? And then this stuff comes out like he just keeps looking worse and worse and worse. So I'm done with him. I know a lot of people don't care and just glad that he's producing now, but not me. Yeah, um, my reaction to it was more like I shouldn't laugh at physical altercations, but it was pretty funny. Like at first it's like because it was like really that day around town. It was like really kind of like I wouldn't say hush hush. You know, but like it was like Mark Sheldon posted like video of altercation between Reds and Giants in the outfield. And you're like, ah, oh, that's weird during batting practice. And like, I didn't really hear anything more about it, but the Reds were on rain delay that night. And it was like, uh, I guess Gabe Kapler asked David Bell to not play Tommy Pham in the lineup that night. It's something I thought I read somewhere. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, I don't know if that's a hundred percent true, uh, but it was brought up like I think MLB was... told them not to play him. Okay, because okay. didn't one of those games count as his, his suspension? Yeah, so they ended up suspending him for the series. Um, this is a bad look for a guy who's thirty-four. I mean, I know, I know he like relative like he's actually like pretty decent. I know you'll probably say on the team you're pretty decent, but like this stuff is really bad for a guy who's you know at the back end of towards of his career. Like I'm taking other dudes over you if I can, because it sounds like he's not helping young guys either. Yeah, it was something. Um, but then, like, yeah, so he talked to the media and said that he was a high roller in Vegas, uh, big dog yeah, in Vegas. A, that was a weird thing to say. I thought he very was kidding strange. at first. Yeah, I thought he strange. was kidding at first. He's like, I'm a high roller in Vegas. I'm like, oh, he's being sarcastic. And it turns out he's not. The Reds have already had high rollers in Vegas. All right. We don't, <laughs> we don't, we don't need any more. So, um, who are the, so obviously Hunter Green is, is a guy to watch, but we're, we're not going to say him, which is really sad. Like, that's, yeah, you that's like by the, a day. That's like the one sad thing about series. Like, like the one thing you want to see in series like this is like, all right, let me let me see at least like the young guns from either team. Um, so we're going to miss him. You're saying, wait, so you I, look, I, I, I have to be honest, I didn't know this. Mike Miner is still out here pitching. Yeah, the Reds got him in a trade uh, right after the lockout. Good for Mike Miner, man. Yeah, Good they moved him. Amir Garrett for him. Unbelievable! He's still out. He, he had a yeah, pitch last year. Um, so who? So who are we looking at here? Who is? Who are the guys to watch for Nats fans out there? Uh, the names that we're going to know for a while. I think Tyler Stevenson's the most obvious one. Uh, we discussed him quite a bit. He's, he's, you know, like Carlos said, he's just been awesome all year. Um, he was really good last year as far as like hitting to all ends of, to all uh, all areas of the ballpark. But this year he's like really elevated that that skill set the plate and um 
you could tell like you know carlos being a former big league pitcher he can kind of like speak to this a little more than i can obviously um but like when we text and stuff he'll like you know talk about like the way he frames is a little off at times and things like that but you're starting to see him throw runners out trying to steal on him so you're really seeing that growth and unfortunately talk about missing big time young players jonathan india is out too the reigning nationally rookie of the year so um Hopefully, I'm I'm pro Nick Senzel, as pro as it gets. So I'm hoping we start to see why he was the number two pick in the draft. You definitely see the talent at times. He had a game last week against the Cubs where he got on base six times. Um, but as far as like guys to be excited about that you'll see, Stevenson, India, you know, Green Lodolo, who you guys won't see this weekend, unfortunately. But Ashcraft, those are probably the future. Been... Yeah, Ash Graham Ashcraft's been really good. Well, that guy doesn't throw anything straight, and he throws 101 miles an hour, so heads up. <laughs> Those are always the fun guys. Those are always the fun guys to watch. It's sinking, it's cutting, and then he's got a pretty good slider. So he looked pretty good last time out. His first time, you could tell he was nervous, but second time out, he he looked pretty, pretty dang good. I think he'd give somebody like the Nats some fits. Yeah, I agree. It it doesn't take much to give the Nats some fits. Tell you that does not (laughs) doesn't take a whole lot. So you you mentioned earlier how you guys had a catcher interference at third base and just kind of like that debacle. Um, the Reds actually had to have a pitcher bat earlier in the season. I don't know if you saw that or not, where they messed up the DH thing because their backup <laughs> catcher was the DH and Tyler Stevenson got hurt. So they had to move their backup catcher from DH to catcher, which the rule is when you put your def- designated hitter in the field, your pitcher has to hit. Right. So, yeah, the Reds were well, the that's not, had that. That's not like – I. Uh, I guess I guess, I, was, I guess it kind of is egregious, right? Like at that time, there were the three and twenty-two stretch. It was so. Rough. Why was there no other catcher on the roster? Did Stevens uh, get hurt in the game, or was he yeah, hurt he got hurt during the game? The game. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense because you only have two catchers. You're only supposed to have two catchers. Right? I mean, it, you know, it's. I but I yeah. guess he wouldn't. Do well, I don't know. That is bad. You're right. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, it's rough. Didn't they drop three pop-ups in one inning too? <laughs> it was hey, Luis Castillo. The, yeah. There was a the catcher dropped one. They dropped one by the pitcher's mound, and then over at third base, over the railing, which was catchable, they dropped that one. All well, the damn guys! If I did, if I didn't know any better, I'd say these are two of the worst teams in the league, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, let's see. So the only team, the only teams that buy win percentage are worse than them. It's the Royals, right? The Royals have a yep. three twenty seven win percentage. Shout out to Kansas City for KC. Um, the Nationals are at 346, and the Reds are at 354. Although we do have to mention, everybody, that they're only two and a half games out of the Cubs, right? They're only two and a half games behind the Cubs. Yeah. So and I think that's going to hold tonight because we'll, oh, right now it is because Milwaukee's beating the Cubs. Um, We're down four to one of the Red Sox right now. So yeah. there you go. That'll, that'll hold at least. But, yeah, I mean, you know, these the, – I'm going to assume the attendance is not going to be uh, – we're not going to see some, some, some crooked numbers, as they say, put up for attendance this weekend. Surprisingly, the Reds are up in attendance right now. No way! Wow. Yeah. Maybe it's a COVID thing. Is that a COVID thing? You think just people are going able to go out and see more games? Potentially. Yeah. I can tell you the Nationals' attendance is not up. Max Scherzer returned to the ballpark and it was like half full. So <laughs> it is. Uh, I can't say the same thing for Nats fans right now as for Reds fans. Yeah. You know, I've seen plenty of times where the Nats came in here and Bryce Harper hit a bomb off us, and it wasn't fun. So. We're not sorry if you guys don't come to the game this weekend. Do you all make predictions on this podcast as well? Do you guys like predict series? Because I never do that. I'm like, I must. Not you know, really. What? No. Um, 
Yeah. You know, we'll talk about stuff like matchups and like what's going on with the team they're playing and things like that. But I feel like this. I feel like this really special matchup deserves a deserves a prediction. I'm just sure. Was it a four game series? (laughs) Four game series Thursday through Sunday. How many conventional wisdom? Conventional wisdom would say that these these teams will split two and the wins won't be very pretty. We've got the thing I feel good about the Reds though is Tyler Malley and Luis Castillo are on the mound in the series. That's where I feel okay. pretty good. And Graham so Ashcraft. We got Adon, who you said You're not great. Been cut, not great against Ashcraft. I like Ashcraft, I said earlier, yeah, so I, I want to take that win. There you go. Friday we have Gray versus Miner. I'm gonna go gray in that one. Yeah, I am too. So let's go let's go one one. Okay. Then we have Fetty versus Tyler Malley. I think Malley that one could be awesome. pretty even. I think it could be pretty even. So good as last. I'll start. go Reds. I'll go Reds just to, to do that. Malley looked good as last start. Yeah, that was the uh, Giants game, the Sunday like eleven thirty game, oh, yeah. where he like went like six and two thirds and no hit. They put you guys on Peacock. Is that yeah. what it was? It was Wait, so like... they made the Giants play at like eight thirty local time, like their body. Yeah, time. that's yeah. that's really messed and up. And the Giants league. won. Well, so... I, yeah. Yeah, they're like, "Hey, we're gonna play the Reds. It's it's fine. Don't worry about it." Right. And then Sunday, Corbin versus Castillo. So three to one. Yeah. So I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna go three to one. Good uh, bad guys, I guess in my case. <laughs> I'll go three to one. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Josh Bell had we'll some see. good games at GABP though, so that's obviously a little nerve wracking. Yeah, Corbin is left-handed. The so problem is can, that's, if Corbin like, can just throw strikes, he has such an advantage. He doesn't. The problem even know. is he never throws any strikes. He's always every single count. <laughs> he's behind two zero, and it's like, guess what? You got two things that you can throw: the slider, which usually doesn't feel like it's dropping it in the zone, and the fastball's like ninety-one. And you know, you don't uh, blow that by anybody. Yeah, I can already see it. I, I, I can already like... see it. Corbin is going to go like five and two thirds with two hit ball, and I'm going to be blowing up your Twitter, Josh. Yeah, the Reds. The Reds against left-handed pitching is not very good, honestly. Well, uh, maybe he needs he needs he needs a he needs a game to get himself back going. I'll tell you that. Well, we're also talking about a dude that took a major ball off the dome and came back and pitched. Like that's that's pretty impressive. Like that was that was scary. Look, he's a tough he's a tough guy. Um, <laughs> there have been plenty of jokes made at his expense about uh, potential political affiliations. Also, you know. Um, about for yeah for our one for one Patrick Corbin. So uh, he has taken a lot of slander. He has taken a lot of physical punishment. They pitched him a ton in that series. So um, you know the World Series. So look, anything can happen with Patrick Corbin. Um, but recently, uh, the the trends have been the wrong direction. How much of the Nationals fan base would you say started as Expo fans and came over? I mean, maybe maybe one percent. Okay. I, I would say it's less than 1%. I actually, I was listening to the Mets game on the radio today. I, I like to listen to the away feeds just because I'm not sure about you guys. I learn, I usually learn about other teams in the league by osmosis. You know, hey, the Reds sure. are playing whoever. That's how I learn about the Reds or, the, or you know, learn about the Nationals. Same thing. I'm going to learn about the Reds this series because I'm going to, I'm going to watch the Nats Reds games. And sometimes if I listen to the radio, I should listen to the Reds radio broadcast. So they were talking today about how, you know, the Nats will associate records sometimes, the Expos records. And it's kind of ridiculous because, like, the Nats feel so separate from the, um, the Montreal Expos. Yeah, they do. They really do. And there is no affiliation. And so I think, you know, I hope Montreal gets baseball team again. That would be awesome. 
Um, and I hope they compare that team's records to the Montreal Expos records so we can stop doing this really dumb thing. We're talking about Nats records against Expos. I, I mean, I know it's the same franchise, but like there is no, there's nothing linear. There's like, this is not Brooklyn Dodgers and Los Angeles Dodgers type right. stuff here, folks. This is the, the Nats and the Expos. There's no connection. Yeah, the Baltimore Ravens don't claim the Cleveland Browns NFL championships. Exactly. Cleveland. Yeah, I know exactly. what you mean. I also want to mention this to you guys, too. So my dad grew up in Southwest Virginia. Lifelong, well, not lifelong, but like in his childhood, he would grow up and they take the YMCA bus and they go to Cincinnati and they'd stay in the YMCA's there and they go see the Big Red Machine play. That's pretty cool. So yeah. I will say like the, the Reds in our, you know, my dad's not super nostalgic about it, but Somewhere in this house, there is a baseball signed by Ken Griffey Sr. Um, somewhere in this in this house. Uh, we tried to get signed by Junior. Did not happen. Um, not shocking. Yeah, difficult to do. Um, and also, you know, he, he I guess he got autographs from all the, the big red machine guys and you know, the Joe Morgans of the world back in the day as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he went and got to see the, the big red machine play. So there was, there was a little bit of love for the Reds in this household. Good. Nice. Carlos was in the uh, Carlos was in spring training with Ken Griffey Jr. for a couple seasons. Really? Huh. Is not he a big league camp, but is he like the night is as nice of a guy as everybody says he is? Yeah, he's pretty cool, dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty nice. He only says that because he knows he's my favorite player ever, and I don't accept really? any slander. <laughs> dude, no, I will say for sure. In he the video games, sure. there's nothing better than than playing at the Reds and having that tandem of Adam Dunn and Ken Griffey Jr. in the lineup. Oh, those boys can rake in the video games. It was yeah. fun to go to games on a, on a weekly basis to see those yeah. teams. They didn't win a lot, but no, they saw didn't. some homers. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the Nationals' like biggest fan, like celebrity fan? Who would you say? I tried to get Bill Nye the Science Guy on my podcast one time, and and, and we got pretty close. He was just <laughs> it, it was right when the pandemic was happening, so that the publicist was Did like, "Not think that question was going there." Bill, like, they're like, they're like, believe it or not, like Bill. I'm like, like Bill is super busy, and I'm like, well, this makes sense. I mean, like, who he's, you know, like there is a. I guess science don't so, sleep. There's a lot of public faith in Bill Nye the Science Guy. So people are like, oh, we'll get Bill Nye the Science Guy on here, and you know, we'll get him to talk about COVID, and whatever. So he was really busy, couldn't get him. Um, Dave Batista is a huge oh, yeah. DC sports guy. If you guys love the, I mean, I mean, I'm a oh, wrestling wrestler? guy. You can yeah, see yeah, the background yeah. of my, yeah, it's all wrestling figures. So yeah, there you go. So uh, Dave Batista, obviously, for those of you who don't watch wrestling, you guys will know him. Uh, from the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, the Marvel Universe. That's that's what, he, and also John Wick. I think John Wick, one of the John Wick season. Um, no, 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 no. James Bond. James Bond. He was yeah. the latest. Yeah, latest. <laughs> He's in Dune, Bond. I think, too, right? Yes, he is in Dune. Also, yes, yeah. he's in Dune. Yeah. So Dave Batista, well-known actor. He's pretty big. Um, John Bernthal's a DC guy. Um, Who's that? Uh, he is. Oh, I guess, Walking Dead, I guess people would know him best. It's probably his best role as The Walking Dead, best known for that. Um, and then also, I would say Pat Sajak is a pretty big DC sports guy. Uh, Wheel of Fortune, I believe, is the one he, the show he has. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. So there's a, there's a variety. I mean, yeah. honestly, the, at the games, like the biggest thing to happen is like when guys from others, I was, this is awesome part of the D, and I know it's every city, but like you do see a lot of like Max Scherzer. And Ryan Zimmer would like go to the games, the Caps games, and dress up as like hockey players, and they would do the "Let's Go Caps" chant. And you'll <laughs> see, you know, you'll see the Wizards guys come to the ballpark, and you'll see, you know, the W, uh, the 
the commanders now come to the ballpark. So I would say like a lot of times your biggest cheerleaders are like the other guys in other sports. Um, There's not a ton of also like who likes the politicians, right? Like nobody's going to be like, Oh, Mitch McConnell's here. Nice. Mitch. Yeah. I live in Kentucky. They're definitely not saying that. Yeah. The Reds games either. So um, yeah. So yeah, I I would like, I would say it's probably like the other other athletes. Honestly. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the Reds have started to do that more with the Bengals. Yeah. Um, and it's hilarious because people like are like, this is obviously uh, the ba- the Reds just trying to get people in seats. And it's like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> oh, man, Joe Burrow throwing the first pitch. He'll be on the mound for 10 seconds. We have to right. spend $60 to get a ticket for that. Right. No. Not logical. No. And, and then the, but now the Bengals are awesome. So it's, I mean, it's a good excuse to bring guys in, you know, just to, just to have like, Sure. Yeah. yeah. The whole team might do the first pitch the way things yeah. are going by the end of the season. <laughs> and that's halfway through it already. Yeah. As I said, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, um, Eli Apple. Who Have they had the um, Super Bowl. Mc, uh, Evan McPherson yet? They did. He did throw one. Yeah. That's a good one. I love that guy. That guy is hilarious. Yeah. Talk about like, <laughs> he's. what did he say last year where he like took the practice cake? He's like, yeah, this one's going in. That, yeah. that was That was amazing. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, I was actually, um, I was actually in downtown Cleveland for that. Seeing my mm. wife's family, I went to the Cavaliers game that night and <laughs> watched the Bengals win in downtown Cleveland. So that was a nice moment for me. Yes, I'm sure it was. I'm sure the Cleveland people love that too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to ask you about this because it's a kind of a popular topic. Um, I'm a big Jersey guy, big fan of jerseys and like different things. So I really like the city conditions that the Nats have. Um, that's pretty cool, like design of concepts. What is what's been the fan base's reaction to that? They love it. So if you don't know, um, Cherry Blossom uniforms, it's it, Cherry Blossom is a well-known, um, you know, it's it's a plant they have. You guys go look them up. Uh, they're pink. They're I guess pink, kind of almost like the color of rose. Almost I would say, like the uh, like the you know the the, the beverage. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's a really popular place. You know, the trees all over the place here in the capital, and they're beautiful trees. And so they had the base gray, and they put these on the uniforms. They put them on the hats. The big thing people worried about is they were concerned. Okay, are they going to be able to pull it off on a helmet as well? And they did. And so it all looks good. Um, I think the uniforms look really cool. And yeah, I'm a huge fan of those city connect uniforms. Have the Reds had theirs released? Yet? No, no, I yet. don't think they're on this year's. They weren't on last year's tab, and I don't think they're on this year's. So hopefully next year. But I don't know. Is it going to be like a Skyline Chili jersey? Is that God, what Well, so. there have been some ugly ones. So I'll say this. The Nationals really – they did a great job with that jersey. Man. They did, They did yeah. a great job with that. And other people like it too. And so I will say like there's actually a really good article written in the um, – you'll appreciate this – in the Washington Post the other day that was – what jersey are you buying for the Nationals right now? Because, you know, Soto feels like the obvious one, but also at this point in time, like, we're, there's no guarantee he's going to be on the team in three or four years, right? So there's nobody else on the team has also signed a long-term contract. We haven't seen Steven Strasburg hardly since 2019. Like, whose jersey are you showing up and you buying? And so I actually think um, the City Connect jerseys, it's just like, it looks so cool. I've got to get one. And what the hell? I'll just go and get one set up, right? That makes sense. I don't think anybody's out there buying a Lane Thomas City Connect. Do they sell any without the last name on the back? Uh, they probably do. They probably sell some blank ones. But I feel like I feel like it's a bad look of yards. It's just like we don't have anybody. 
want to sell you. We can, uh, we, you know, I, and, and look, I, I've been to games where it's like, you know, you, you see bad teams and it's, and I'm sure Reds fans right now. I mean, what are y'all? You guys are probably a lot of Hunter Green, right? I guess it's newer ish, probably not yet. It's a lot. I mean, still a lot of Joey Votto, which, right. Um, but Tyler you know, when, I'm getting the rise now. I hope so. Um, they're actually really hard to find because Fanatics just, I guess, like ran out of jerseys. I don't know what's going on with them after they bought everybody. Supply chain issues. Um, yeah, like the like uh, Phillies fans have been complaining that like all year they haven't been able to get those like cream jerseys that they have. Like those are like, great. I love those. those are I know. Awesome. I like them too. Um, but like people can't buy them. Um, so oh, yeah, like goodness. if you go into stores, it's still a lot of Joey Votto jerseys. Um, but you see a lot of like Barry Larkin, Johnny mm-hmm. Bench, Chris Ro- Chris, you know, Chris Sabo, stuff like that. So. And then Zimmerman's obviously Zimmerman's pretty popular still too. Yeah. And then uh, we got this from Jim. They should have something from the bigger machine incorporated in a city type Jersey. I would love that. Honestly. Um, I'm very fond. We talk about this all the time. Carlos and I do. Um, we're very fond of the classic pullover Jersey from the machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They could like base it off of that. Yeah. They could base it off of that. I love the no belt look. Same man. Same. Though I also love so, the Deion Sanders nose like cut off sleeve era too. I can't lie. So the pullover jersey meaning it was like a explain no buttons. No button. No up. Buttons. It literally was just a pullover. It's just yeah. like a like a, almost like a V-neck. You're seeing actually not almost the V-neck, but you're actually seeing that. So I call a good amount of college baseball. And you actually are seeing a little bit of a comeback for some of those jerseys. Uh uh I call Richmond Spiders games here in Richmond, Virginia. And I I they actually had a jersey that was more of almost like a dry fit shirt than it was a jersey, and I kind of like that. I kind I kind of like the the pullover look. Although I'm I actually I'm a sucker for the vest look. I think the Rockies have sick uniforms. I think the Rockies vests look phenomenal. I'm a huge fan of those. We had those for a long like the Griffey era. That's what they mm-hmm. had, right? The yeah. Underneath. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like the Rockies city jersey, but I, I, as far as the jersey stuff, but I love the hat. I think the hat looks cool. I saw those the other day. I was kind of wondering about those. Like, what is the? It looks like a license plate for the state of Colorado. Is what it looks like. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. right. It does. And also, I'm I'm not really sold on like the the changing color on the back. I, I'm fine with a change of color on the front, but like the back where it's kind of like the it's ridged, um, and then it you know and then it kind of goes up. Like, yeah, it, it's a lot happening in my opinion. I think the Nationals with the solid colors, like the the more solid colors. And then the, the pop, popper-ish kind of hanging off is nice. Yeah. I, yeah, Jim, I agree. The 99 Reds jersey is one of my favorites. Also, that team is one of my favorite teams ever. So, yeah, I love it, man. Um, well, I guess really, I mean, we've kind of touched on just about everything here. Um, did you have any additional questions you had for us or anything you wanted to kind of touch on before we headed out? I just want to say thank you guys for having me on. Uh, yeah, I appreciate man. doing it. Also, you, you took care of one of our reads on your show. We also are sponsored by our friends at BetOnline and <laughs> BetOnline.net. So it's nice to have them in the mix here, fellas. So you took care of that for us as well. I appreciate that, guys. You're welcome. Just make sure when you get your sponsor pay that you send us a quarter of it. Oh, Literally a quarter because we've seen how much the, those those come in. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, wait, dude, I do need your uh, NBA pick, Tim. Oh, my, my finals pick? Well, I'll share mm-hmm. mine, too. Um, I'm picking the Warriors in six. Warriors in six on the road, huh? Yeah, I just think that, like, there's something to say about having that experience, and the Celtics don't really have anyone that's really had that experience of playing 
this far and Tatum's obviously been incredible, but this is Al Horford's first NBA finals. Like, you know, it's Steph Curry's fifth. So those guys know how to do it when they need to. So plus like, I just hate, I'm a Bulls fan. So I hate the Celtics. So. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you're going to be disappointed if Joey releases that photo. (laughs) I told you about, but, um, I'm going to go Celtics in six. Ooh. I think – so. I, I'm leaning Celtics because it's weird. I think they can they can blow a game at home just as easily as they can win one on the road. I mean, this is a team that, like, you know, they're pretty Jekyll and Hyde. Which, but I think it's good, right? I mean, they've been really good off losses um, in the playoffs, which is good. They don't defend their home court well, which is bad. Um, they don't have the experience, which is bad. I, I think it's going to be a great series, to be honest. I, I want to so. go with Warriors and seven. I also think it's a great series. The NBA. I mean, Celtic, the Warriors obviously dynasty, and Celtics is you know just a great, great brand. So I think the you know East Coast West Coast, uh, you know Boston versus versus San Francisco is a great kind of cultural rivalry. Yeah, too. both great crowds. It's, yeah, hopefully it's fun because the conference finals are trash. Yeah, yeah the, they were like, very the series will be close. A lot of the, the games aren't. The games are The games were competitive. Like you'd have a you know that. That Maverick Sun series, it went seven. Every game was a blowout, and that yeah. was a lot of a lot of Celtics games too. The Celtics, the Celtics series was a lot of blowouts too. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. I just really cannot live with hearing. I'm from where Dave Cowens is from, so mm. I've heard about the Celtics my whole life. So mm. I'm I'm done with them. Well, they've yeah. only been in half of the Eastern Conference Finals ever. So right, yeah, exactly. They're kind of forced to. <laughs> So, Josh, uh, before we get out of here, if you want to take a second to give some shout-outs to your shows, your social media, where people can interact with you this weekend for the series, please take a second to do so, man. Yeah, uh, once again, thanks, guys, for coming on. It's a lot of fun uh, coming on and talking to you guys. You guys can find me on Twitter, at JoshNeighbors underscore. You guys can find the show, at LO underscore Nationals. You guys can find us wherever you guys get your podcasts, and you can find us on YouTube as well if you're interested in more nationals content cool awesome well yeah man um if you guys you know if you ever want to have us on especially for the next, oh, I'd the love next to. series yeah we're <laughs> happy to do whatever you want man so uh we're gonna go and wrap this up thank you all for tuning in i know obviously the night in boston has not gone the way we wanted it to except for the fact that we got shouted out during the game our guy john sadak giving late night red some love love it that's our guy also if you Want to buy some sweet late night red swag? Go to late night reds.merchmake.com. Got t shirts and all the fun stuff there. So, everyone, have a good night. We will see you next week. <laughs>